This episode of Love and Watches is brought to you by the Swiss Watch Company, a family-run company creating quality Swiss timepieces at affordable prices. Love and Watches is a family-friendly podcast for male and female watch lovers alike. Perpetual Girl and Ranch Racer are a watch-crazy wife and husband team who've been wearing and collecting watches for more than 45 years. They enjoy bringing you the latest in collecting, interviews, news, and all things interesting in the world of watches. Enjoy the show. Hey, watch fam. This is Ranch Racer. And this is Perpetual Girl. And welcome to the Love and Watches podcast, the podcast for all watch lovers. Lots happened since our last show, huh? A lot so, of stuff in the news and in the world. and mm-hmm. At home. At home. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about, it's kind of a, we're going to talk a lot about show cancellations and the effects that uh, Corona or COVID-19 or whatever it's being called is, is having on the watch world. Uh, and then just a bunch of general stuff. Yeah. I have uh, a news article that I read Yeah, and want to talk about. Is in the New York Times, I believe. Yeah, so we I'll talk a little bit about that. Yep, and and uh, some new releases from one of our traditionally one of our favorite brands, a couple of our favorite brands. Um, some shout outs and all kinds of interesting stuff today. So uh, it should be a fun episode, I think. Yeah, we uh, we were at the racetrack again. That was fun mm-hmm. last month. One of my favorite weekends of the year, where I go and and instruct and help new. Uh, New folks get their racing license, so that was a great time. Had an awesome student. Uh, she was had never driven a stick shift, even like or I think just had a few minutes of driving a stick shift on the road, maybe once or twice in yeah. the past two weeks. Yeah, and she ended up renting like one of the most difficult cars you could possibly rent for a for a you know learning how to to drive on a racetrack. It was an open wheel single seater, you know, formula type car with older gearbox and. She she did a fantastic job. It was really fun to watch her progress. Oh, yeah. She's from, a brave girl. Very brave woman. Oh yeah. A lot of self-confidence and I hope she continues. That was that was really it's always rewarding for me that it's fun to see students that come in and are just fast right off the bat, but for me as an instructor, that's kind of boring, right? I, there's not much for me to do other than we can refine technique, but it's fun to take someone who's really raw like that, never been on a racetrack, very little experience and getting them to the point where they could actually get out there and do, and do a race. That was fun. And like a lot of things, it's a male dominated mm-hmm. industry. Driver school rarely has female attendees. So she being one of, was it two women out of? Well, I think in the whole school, not just our group. students. Yeah, there was, I think a total of 40 or 50 students between the three groups and there was four women I think but one of them dropped out so it ended up being three women for right. a weekend. To so to see see the not, you know, it's not common to have a female student and then she did well and she was a she has a lot of potential. Yep. Yep. And she had some struggles but never got down on herself and just kept improving. She's a great listener and if I told her to do something she did it and just really it was fun. Those those are very very rewarding. It's a fun 3 days get to see all of our track family, which is always nice. People are excited to see us. We don't spend a ton of time at the track anymore. So that was fun. Mm-hmm. That was definitely fun. Did some watch spotting. Yeah. You always see bit. some watches mm-hmm. at the racetrack. Mostly the older gentlemen. Everyone's yeah, or got the, the or Apple Or the guys watch. that have a ton of money and 
you know, are new to the sport, but have a lot of money and, and come in, they're usually wearing some pretty nice watches. So I used to use Speedmasters and stuff. I mostly saw um, a lot of things that were vintage that they had per- purchased new, you know, like your Bolivas, your Seikos, dress watches that um, a one watch man type watch. Yeah. Yeah. And actually we, my other, I had two students. My other student was a gentleman who really didn't need much instruction. He had a lot of experience, but he and his buddy have a YouTube channel on reviewing kind of everyday cars and they have a podcast as well. And his buddy is a big watch guy. So we were talking to him about maybe doing some sort of joint podcast, which might be fun. That would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I was checking out their channel. It's pretty, pretty fun stuff. What's it called again? I knew you were going to ask me that. <laughs> I'll put it in the show notes. I don't remember. It's we weren't like, going like to talk er- about it. So uh, something about everyday cars or something. Everyday drive. Everyday drive. Yeah. Everyday drive. I don't know. I'll, I'll check it out and put the put it in the show notes. So if, for any of you that are into cars, and I know a lot of watch people are into cars, so you can go check out their channel on uh, on YouTube and their podcast. So that was fun. Mm-hmm. But uh, you wanted to give a specific shout out to another podcast that we've talked about quite a bit. Two Broke Watch Snobs. Yeah. yeah. They, they paid me a very nice compliment. I am very honored to have been mentioned on their show. And it was... It was regarding their topic, which was things on Instagram trends that need to die. I thought that that, that was hilarious. The title it was ep- yeah. episode one sixty two. I think is in my notes, but yeah, Instagram trends that need to die. That and was I, I, I personally was calling it the burning bridges episode. <laughs> yeah. And I and I listened to it while we were at the track. I cuddled up in bed in the morning because I didn't have to do anything, and mm-hmm. it was great. I got a break. And I listened to that. It was fantastic. And they paid me a very nice compliment about um, being a collector and not using my feminine wiles to promote myself or my watches. And they said I had a really great collection. And I think Mike said something about of animals. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Which we do. You definitely have an animal I do. There's always room for one more. The friends of the friendless. So I I was really honored. And that was awesome to have them mention me. Yeah, it was a great it was a great show that they did and you know the topic specifically that they were complimenting you on cuz it you know we we all see it, right? We we see the shots of a watch and behind the watch is a woman's bosom, right? Just way out there on display and it's like what are we selling here, folks, right? And and it just does a disservice to female collectors cuz that's we started the show most of the reason for starting the show was to bring the female collector to light, right? And and show that there are female collectors out there that are serious about watches. And I think that just I think that just hurts the female collector. I, I hate seeing that and and so that was one of their things that they think needs to die and I fully a hundred percent agree with that. There are so many photos that I've looked at prior to their their discussion about it, like um I don't want to get brand specific, but some of them they look at and the watch you don't even see the watch you just see the body yeah like a bathing a woman in a bathing suit with this watch on and even some of the brands they don't need to use that to sell their watches and that we've talked about that before with brand ambassadors and all that and everyone knows our our opinion on it and i i kind of think it's a poor way to sell your watch because then you're associating it with not the watch. Well, yeah. What are you? You're selling the watch, or are you selling sex? What are you selling? You or know? or I, a celebrity and the celebrities. Yeah. What if you don't like the celebrity? Then it turns. It's a big turnoff. So that sort of thing is a turnoff for me because 
I don't have a problem with myself, um, but I don't want to use gender that way. Well, yeah, you're a, you're a watch collector, period, right? When you show your watches, you're, you're taking a picture and showing the watch. You're not showing off your body. That's not what it's about. And again, I, I just think it kind of denigrates the female collector. It's, it's unfortunate, but it's out there. It's done because, you know, frankly, let's be honest, they, those types of pictures get tons of likes guys like it. Right. It, but it's, it does nothing for the female collector. And I think it's, I was really glad to see them call that out. And then it was especially nice of them to, to compliment you because that's how you approach the hobby. Yes. So I'm grateful for that. And, and I don't want to hide the fact I'm a woman. I'm not, I'm not angry. I'm not upset. I'm a woman or, you know, of course not, but that's not what this is about. It's about my watch. It's about the watches, right? That's why we're all doing this. That's why we're all in this hobby. And you should be able to show people a nice picture of your watch and not have to add that element to it. I I just think it's kind of unfortunate. But but it's out there. It's not going to die. I agree with him. I'd love to see it die, but it won't because it gets the big hits. It gets the big likes. And that's like, you know, what social media is all about. And which is why we'll never have a huge following, probably, because right. we don't we don't pull that kind of stuff. I'm not stuff. distracting enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you like me, and that's all that matters. Yeah. So so, so anyway, thanks guys. Appreciate yeah, that. Thanks, that fellas. was that was a really nice, very it a, nice. It was call a great out. podcast too. You guys need to all go listen to it. So yes, episode one sixty two flowed really well. Definitely good. go check it out. Uh, another thing that you want to talk about, kind of along those same lines. There was an article recently in the New York Times that uh, interviewed five female watch collectors. And when yes. I saw it, I thought, this is great. And it was a good article. I mean, it was it's very good. genuinely five women that are passionate about watches and have amazing, amazing collections. Yeah, I, I read it recently. It just came out. And it's a very good article. And you all should go read it. Um, they're basically talking about how the demographics are changing and they talked about right. numbers since like 2015 i guess uh reader percentage they're using hadinki as a as a measurement on this one mm. and the the readers who identified as female in 2015 were 2% and now it's 15% uh Cara, Cara Barrett was giving them the information oh, right, on that so right. And that's, it's like, we've been at this, what, for about three years now? It's been that long. I can't believe yeah, it. So we, didn't we start in 2017 or I, I I've think lost so. track? We, or... we started um, with reviews and things like that. And it's been pretty, about three years. So yeah. that's one of the things that initially look, me looking at it, kept talking about it and talking about it. And we've, we've told our listeners about why we started Love and Watches. So it's, there are a lot of watch podcasts now. And there's it, there more, are a ton. It there's is more so with saturated. Women. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, I, yeah, it's saturated, but with Very women, saturated. it's that's coming up, which is great because yeah. yeah. we're here. We are here and we're starting to represent ourselves. But when I know when we started, it was just, it was pretty much me as far as a small podcast, right? the right. average Joe or Jane yep. <laughs> kind of a thing. But, but this article is really good. It's, it talks about five different women. Very interesting. They're hot. They're, they're uh, what they do for work what their hobbies are, et cetera, and their watch collections. Mm-hmm. And I do have to say that these are high-end collectors. These watches are 50,000. Um, 
they're not they're not me going to There's a swap Pateks meet for three and, bucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Pateks and Vacherons and I mean special really edition, very high end stuff. Stern and um, yeah, very very like way beyond Rolex. And and I think that's great, mm-hmm. but I think unfortunately. Get, that would give the impression that the only women that collect watches are very wealthy women, and that's not true. And I think it would have been neat if they'd included some female collectors that had Seikos and, you know, normal, everyday, normal person type mm-hmm. watches. It I agree. And that's actually, nice. we think alike, because that's actually in my notes in my column ah, of my cool. thing here. So um, so I, I went through this and wrote some notes, but... You know, it's the common the common topic is don't just sell me something with diamonds and make it rose gold, which I've right. always clung to that as well. Um, we want a watch that is the same as the men's, but maybe a little smaller. So I can think yeah. of other brands right now that, boy, I, I love that watch, but if they could just make that in 37, it would be fantastic. That being said, I truly believe, and even more recently, that there is still a huge of course, there's a huge place in a woman's collection for a dainty feminine watch. Mm-hmm. We are women, and you can't wear a sequined evening gown with a big giant diver, like an orange monster. <laughs> you could. It would just look a little odd. <laughs> right. And and I think a lot of women agree. So I, I love the feel of putting on a very small, lightweight bracelet watch, depending on what I'm wearing. So mm-hmm. I have no problem. There's some female collectors that are no quartz no diamonds. I only want to wear big watches. That's totally fine. It's what, it's what you love, but I really don't think that we have to exclude quartz and diamond watches from a collector's collection. I I have a little bit of everything. So, Mm -hmm. um, let me look at my notes here. One thing, one of the gals talked about was discrimination in the watch world, which is a common thing too. And I guess uh, one of one of the collectors they interviewed is an actual watch in the watch industry as a repair person or in in that mm-hmm. area, and customers would come in and just look past her head and look for a man in the in the in the room <laughs> to talk to. And I, I had to giggle because at when were we at Couture last? Twenty eighteen. Yeah. And we met with a watch brand, a very nice one. They were great people, but one of the gentlemen. Never even made eye contact with no, me. Wouldn't it, even it look at you. It was so odd. It, he didn't even look at me and talk to you the whole time. And I kept leaning over and kind of like well, you'd trying even, to get. You'd ask a question and he'd look at me and yeah. answer it. It's like uh, I didn't ask you the question, dude. Yeah, I, I would ask some some decent questions and he answered to you. So it was it was pretty funny. Yet then and, we, and insulting. Yeah, <laughs> funny I and insulting. It, though there were there were. No, I know. I don't remember seeing other women there besides me and there were there were women in the building because the jewelry show was going yeah, on too yeah. which is a big one but i was kind of it well a lot of the marketing folks for the brands are women too true but the people attending like Correct. us it was kind of yeah. me but on the other hand the same the same meeting we had the actual owner of the company came and talked to us and he was addressing me almost more than you yeah so he, he was very cool he was so elegant and just fantastic and we've complimented him yeah. we've actually communicated with him to thank him yep. so much for the respect that they showed us so mm-hmm. that was really interesting and they do this article does talk about red bar and how that has grown and given a lot of people a chance to go um i'm still the only person in our red bar that's only a female. female in our red bar group yeah yeah so we're not seeing it's there's more in larger cities but yeah for now i'm kind of it 
And sometimes I do feel like though that red bark tends to have a lot of high, high end stuff. So I don't, I don't feel embarrassed about bringing my $3 manual wine swap meat mm-hmm. find from the previous week. I don't have a problem with that, but that's not as common, which is okay. Cause people want to look at the new things and find things. But I, I personally am kind of a vintage person. Mm-hmm. I, I do love vintage watches and I feel like they, as this one person in the article talked about, they have like a soul to them because right. they have a previous life, which I love. So they talk, they talk about that in the article. She did say, I, I'll give her this. She said that when she went to that first red bar meeting, she was really nervous because at the time she didn't have any high end watches, mm-hmm. right? She had some very basic watches. She was really nervous because most of the stuff you see online on social media channels from, from red bar, a lot of it is very high end stuff. And she was nervous piles of it, right? Yeah. Piles. piles of it. And she was nervous, but she got there with her watches and was totally welcomed. And I mean, I think in general that what red bar, even though the, the perception maybe tends to be higher end stuff, there were watch people, right? Everyone in red bar groups around the world, they're watch people and they will accept you no matter what. So Definitely go check out your local chapter. Don't don't be afraid if all you've got is a few thirty dollars quartz watches. If you're if you're passionate about watches, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I, th- I think it's a great group. And we bring everything. Oh yeah. And our our collection. Most of the people in our red bar group have things that are much more expensive than us. Well, no, maybe in, half of them. About half. Yeah. Which is still a significant amount. I yeah. mean, we've we've got our we've got a we've got our Rolex, and uh, it's about as that's about as big as we go. But there's there's some gorgeous, gorgeous stuff at some of our meetings. Yeah, for sure. And the and the fellows are really nice. So it's a good group. Yep. But this um the article, the women are fairly well off as far as budget. So they're able to they're able to afford higher pieces. Yeah. And it's neat to show that some of them are really passionate about it and um we get we can get obsessed about wanting a certain piece or mm-hmm. and I think I found it kind of funny. I mean, y'all, you all can read it, but one of the gals actually apparently is a surgeon or a doctor. Oh gosh. I know what you're going to talk I, about. I, I, I was laughing. I don't want to burn it. a bridge because this is published, well, it's published. and it's, it's public, yeah. but I guess she was in the middle of a surgery Yep. and got a notice on her phone that a watch she had been looking for was available I found it a little odd that she actually was looking at her watch during surgery at all. Her, oh, her phone. Or, her yeah. phone. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> she her could phone. be looking at her watch, actually. But no, I, I mean, one, looking at your phone while you're doing a procedure and then leaving and buying the watch. After reading, I'm terrified <laughs> to go get surgery. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know if I want to have surgery for a while. It's like she went out, stepped out of the room and bought a watch while the surgery was going or on. Or make sure that your phone is in the locker. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, I mean, I guess doctors do step out of surgeries for break, you know, That's long fine. surgeries. But I just thought it was funny. It's like it she is stepped kind of out funny. of her surgery That's to buy extreme. a watch. I was like, That's, wow. That's pretty intense. <laughs> That's pretty intense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder if the person she was operating on read that article. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. It was interesting. But it, so the point is. Great to see articles like that. Would love to see more inclusion of normal everyday female collectors that don't have Pateks mm-hmm. and Vacherones and hundred thousand dollar plus watches. So one of the, um, I'm still I'm but still, baby steps, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm and I'm still going through this here. Um, one of the gals loves Speedmasters. 
and I love Speedmasters. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd love to have a whole collection of Speedmasters if I could, because I just there's something, especially the coaxial, you know, the the autos, yeah. chronograph that rotor. It spins a little differently than everything it's else alive. I have, <laughs> and you'll put your hand down after moving it, and it kind of keeps going, so it sort of talks to you, and it has like a little life of its own, which I love yeah. about it. And I let's see here. <laughs> I think that's um. Oh, there was one other gal who mentioned her very first watch that she got when she was a young woman. Mm-hmm. And uh, she got it from her parents. And she was kind of disappointed at the time because it was a little small lady's watch. And she's like, well, wait, I wanted a big man's watch, which I thought was funny because I know when I got my high school graduation, my small Seiko teeny quartz that mm-hmm. I still have, the gold one, yellow, which I loved and still do, I do remember coveting my big sister's watch that she got that was a tank style large uh, rectangle with a black crock band so it was more of a tank Probably style a boulevard or something right it was a i think it was a seiko okay. but it was larger like a cartier style tank right or, or, or a maze shape and and i was like oh i kind of really wanted that one <laughs> but that's okay we're, we're all good <laughs> so that was, i thought that was a really interesting um little anecdote yeah so it's just yeah, for um, sure that's how collector minds work, whether you're female or not, but it's good. It's really good. They talk about their likes and some like vintage and it's a good article to read. There's a lot of data in it. So I hope I haven't spoiled it too much. So we can always say spoiler at the beginning of the, on our, um, description. Yeah, before, whatever. So go read the article. Or not. It's a it's big, good. long article, lots of stuff. In it, it is. Uh, we, we pointed out the high points, I think, but, yeah. uh, yeah, like I said, good to see it. Uh, progress still needs to be made on how female collectors, I think, are presented to the world. Right. But overall, I think it was it was good. I, I it bothers me a little that there's a lot of emphasis given on you know this perception that you have to spend a lot of money to be taken seriously right. yeah. as a collector, as a woman or a man, but mostly as a woman. Why can't you collect other things? Yeah, yeah. It's it's um, I'm not talking about going as far as you know, not spending over $10 for a watch, but just more variety. I mean, this is, this mm-hmm. is the extreme high end of, of prices of watches that most, most of us and our read our followers on our site, they don't afford, they can't, that's not in our budget. And it never will be in our lifetimes. No. no. Uh, and, and maybe that's a function of the audience of the New York Times. I don't, I don't read the paper. I don't read Manhattan. it. I don't know much about it. Correct. So I, maybe that's just a function of their clientele. And that's so their target for that article. Be, you know, whatever, but. Uh, yeah, so good could be better. Moving on. Got it. Cool. Uh, okay, I'm going to... Unfortunately, this is becoming a regular thing on this podcast, but I'm going to go on to my Seiko rant. <laughs> <laughs> Do we want to talk about Corona? We will, but um, I'm going to I'm gonna go on to my normal Seiko rant. As you guys all know, we're, we're big fans of Seiko. It's a great brand. It's... A lot of people love Seiko. Been around for so many years, mm-hmm. and it's always been looked at as that entry level. You want an automatic watch or a nice quartz. A quality. And you don't one. want to spend yeah. thousands of dollars. Um, you know, it's Seiko. And they're in all the big department stores, a lot of local jewelry stores. It's just been a great brand. But in the last two to three years, they're, I think personally, they're pricing themselves out of their target market. And this, I think a lot of it comes from the fact that, you know, Grand Seiko has been split into its own brand. Um, same here in the U.S. So there's a Grand Seiko U.S. brand separate from the Seiko 
parent brand, and they're trying to take Grand Seiko more upmarket to compete with, you know, Rolex and Omega and some of the the higher end, I guess, brands, IWC, those types of brands. And I, they feel that to do that, they also need to take the Seiko base lines higher, like prospects. And, you know, we've seen this over the last two to three years. They're releasing Seiko Prospects divers that cost thousands and thousands of dollars. And it really drives me crazy. And I don't know. I don't think there's a market. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm way off base. And there's tons of people who would rather spend seven or eight grand on a Seiko than on a Rolex. I, I don't know. And it's not to say that Seiko's worse than Rolex. It's just they don't have that kind of brand recognition for those what used to be considered entry-level lines like prospects. Um, so they announced three new watches, all divers in the prospects line. Uh, first up, we have the 1965 divers recreation. It's the SLA 037 J1. This is an homage to their first dive watch was the 62 Moss. And I think they've already done one. This is yet another homage to the 62 Moss. Stainless steel case, 40 millimeters, so decent size. Um, it uses the 8L55 movement, which is their high beat, 36,000 vibrations mm -hmm. per hour. Um, but it's regulated to plus 15, minus 10. That is nothing to write home about. I mean, it's fine, but most micro brands watches I can buy for 200 bucks that have a basic movement uh, are regulated to, to better than those numbers. So it's nothing spectacular. I think it's a, it's a 55 hour power reserve. So, you know, a couple days, it's pretty standard. Um, comes on a rubber strap. No bracelet. No bracelet. $6,300, folks. I, I mean, I just about fell out of my chair when I when I read the articles on these That's things. That's a lot more money than my Oyster Perpetual. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know what to say. I just... It is it is crazy, and the, and then the next one is their 68, 1968 professional divers three hundred meter the SLA 039 or zero thirty nine J one. This pays homage to the first ever Seiko high beat diver. Same movement, the eight L thirty five, so same regulated time. Uh, the case is stainless steel. It's forty five millimeters. It's a big watch, right? This is like kind of the standard prospects watches. That's not a ladies' watch either. Oh no, for sure it's not. Um, again, comes on a rubber strap. Wait for it. $6,800. We are now approaching $7,000 for a plus 15 minus 10 regulated automatic Seiko Prospects dive watch. I mean... Tell me again, is it the same high beat? Did they use the same movement from historical it's watches? Their, it's their so modern they, high beat. It's the so 8L55. It's a new so it's basically it's a new, a new yeah, movement? It's been around for a while. Um, they've used it in the Grand Seiko line quite a bit for their their standard automatic high beat movements. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what we're seeing. We're seeing a lot of these movements that were used in the Grand Seiko line being moved down. They're developing new, uh, newer automatic high beat and uh, spring drive movements for the Grand Seiko line. But I just, so we're now we are approaching Submariner no date territory, mm -hmm. right? At $6,800. Well, it's the same price range as your Grand Seiko that you bought. It's almost exactly ago. the same price as yeah. my, my Grand Seiko. The, Which was a limited edition. Yeah, it was a U.S. only limited edition. But yeah, I, I'm. Do, is there a market for this stuff? I, I don't know. I mean, 
God, that seems crazy to me. $6,800 for a Seiko Prospects dive watch. We can dig more into the news and see what their plans are for it. But what what really worries me is what's going to happen with Seiko 5s. And, you know, giving giving someone a gift, a young person or even an adult of, you know, you spend $100 on a really nice Seiko 5, mm-hmm. they could have that watch forever. And that could get somebody, I've gotten two of my friends into watches that way. Yeah. So what's going to happen with the lower, there's a lot of Seiko 5 lines. Are those effective There are just well a lot now? of base Seiko lines, not just Seiko 5. Mm-hmm. And I mean, right now, a, a lot of them are still available. You can still go to, you know, Macy's or JCPenney or wherever that have watches and there's still a lot of affordable Seikos, but I'm just not, I'm just not grasping not the it. concept and these are limited it. and they're not making much of, of any of them. So the, I'm guessing they'll probably sell out, but I don't know what it's doing for the brand. You know, I, are people starting to look at Seiko as a high-end brand now? I, I don't know. Could, um, that could be their what they're trying to achieve. Yeah. So so the third one in the lineup is the 1975 Professional Diver 600-meter SLA 041J1, which pays homage to their first to Seiko's first titanium-cased watch. Uh, it's the Tuna, the Tuna case, mm-hmm. affectionately known as the Tuna. So it's got kind of the main case and then this outer protective case bolted to the inner case and... Uh, if you guys just do a search on Seiko Tuna, you'll see you'll see what it looks like. I've got a an automatic Seiko yeah. uh, the mini. I think they call it the baby tuna baby because tuna. it's the auto, but but it's still a giant watch, even though they call it a baby. Yeah, so this one it's obviously got the titanium case, the the uh, tuna piece of the case. The surround is ceramic. It is a gargantuan fifty two point four millimeters. Oh. Um, oh. That's even bigger than I'd. I just that's just it's gigantic, right? This is like. A dinner plate. It's well, a big, big, big. There's going to be a lot of lugs hanging over, yeah. over, over <laughs> yeah. the edges of wrists and yes, lots of a lot empty of precariously space. hanging <laughs> lugs. <laughs> it's like a hockey puck. Yeah, it's a big one. Um, it does have a helium escape valve, so this is like the supposed to be like the saturation diver, right? The big one that saturation divers for when wear. you live under the sea. Yeah. Again, rubber strap and. This one comes in at the bargain basement price of $4,500. So it is the most expensive of the new three-watch lineup. They're also going to sell a limited number of three-watch sets. So you could spend, you know, whatever the total is, twenty grand or whatever, or $15,000 on and buy a box set of all three of these. I, I guess the market's out there. I, I don't know. I just... Unless it's strictly because it's limited edition and they're, they're making... Yeah... I don't it's know. for a collector. It's it's not something I'm I'm able to wrap my mind around yet. And I'm sure there's a lot of you guys out there listening that are passionate about Seiko and would wouldn't hesitate to to buy one of these. And if that's your thing, awesome. I, I'm just not I'm having trouble with with what Seiko's doing in this this huge upmarket move for their what are considered their base collections. Especially since it's not far off of what's already existing. Yeah, I mean, you're you're getting into rarefied territory. There's a lot of competition where you know you can go out and and buy an Omega Seamaster for for less money, you know, with a coaxial movement, and it, it, this is that gets into really rarefied territory. Again, they're limited, so it's not like you're going to walk into your local department store and spend seven grand on the Seiko Diver. That's not going to happen. These are all limited editions. How many? I you know I didn't put that in my notes. I want to say it's like eleven hundred. Total between the three, I think. So not not a huge amount. 
Um, so that's a pretty small amount per mm-hmm. watch. So yeah. So I mean, probably why maybe they'll sell out. Maybe maybe we'll find them hugely discounted in, in six months, still unsold. I, I that's my guess. I have a strong suspicion that these are not going to sell out, and we're going to see them massively discounted because these dealers got to got to get rid of them. But we'll, we'll see if I'm right or if I'm smoking something. Uh, okay. So now that I've now that I've you know beat on Seiko and done my normal rant. Burnt I'm, your bridge. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say that on the flip side, they also introduced three new uh, watches inspired by the Alpinist. Beautiful field watches. Uh, awesome gray dial, cream dial. Those are, you know, very mm-hmm. much what people think about when they think about Alpinist. I didn't write the case size down. I think it's 38 or 39, but I have to go back and look. It might be 40. Um, all priced well under a thousand. I think they're in the seven hundred dollar range. Automatic movements, just really nice pieces. So that's, you know, I, I'm cool with that. Those are highly desired. People love the Alpinist. Mm-hmm. If I can go out and spend seven hundred bucks, or you know, you're probably going to find them on sale for five something. Awesome. I think that's great. Is this a continuation of the blue, in the same series? Well, I don't know if it's in the same collection. They look like the blue just different dial colors right it's very much that alpinist look that field watch kind of look and and they're awesome i i would pop either for the green or the cream dial i i love the green i like the cream do you oh yes just like my friend Uh oh maybe we're lorraine has (laughs) you might need a cream and a green (laughs) she has a vintage one i believe and i don't think these are limited these are not limited so i think good you know we'll be able to go out and get these and I've, I've been needing a green watch in my collection, so... Well, you know, our anniversary is coming up. It is, yeah. Might, might need to do some anniversary gifts for each other around a, around some potential watches. That would actually be, uh, and well under our budget of past things we've done. Yeah, for In the sure. middle of the night. Yeah, not like laying on the couch and ordering two Speedmasters for At an 2 anniversary. <laughs> this would be much more reasonable for our budget. But yeah, they're they're neat. I I would pop for these in a heartbeat, and that to me that's Seiko, you know, between three to four hundred dollars up to a thousand bucks for a really really nice Seiko automatic watch. So uh, definitely go check those out. Are they making more of the blue dial? No, that was li- that was, was a limited, limited only. Yeah, I don't think I haven't seen any more of those. So uh, yeah, so that was that was my thoughts on on Seiko. Well, why don't you continue on with uh, the next point? You're going to talk about Bulova. Yeah, you mentioned the Seiko 5. So one of our other f- really favorite brands, I guess, is is Bulova. Mm-hmm. We've been buying Bulova watches for years. I, I was fortunate enough to get my hands on not one, but two of the limited edition orange dial uh, Devil Divers, the, the 666 Devil Divers. Yes. And you actually gave me my first major gift from you. After the KitchenAid mixer was the oh, Bulova, was Bulova. Yeah. my little quartz. I actually posted that. I was wearing that yesterday because I want. I needed something that was comfortable. I've had mm-hmm. a little issue with um, watches kind of hurting my skin lately, so I popped that little guy on. It's very comfortable. But you gave that to me probably within five years of us getting married. I, I think, think so. so. Probably within a couple years. And we're coming up on nineteen or twenty. Well, we've been together twenty-two, but pretty pretty bad that we've lost track, huh? I think we're coming up on 19, 19, May, 19 years. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. No, that, that's okay. So, so Bulova, one of our favorite brands. Oh, and we also got an original Devil Diver, 
that still needs to be repaired. It was repaired once and not repaired correctly, so we still need to get it repaired. But so we're we're big Bulova fans, right? I've got the Moon Watch, or I'm sorry, quote, oh. the Lunar Pilot. Um, I've got a Marine Star. I've got a the big honking oh, uh, uh, whatever it's called, Precisionist. Precisionist, yeah. And there's we like we like the brand. We really like the brand. Um, and when they did the Devil Diver. That was as a result of a, a user poll on Analog Shift. They polled people, and there was three different watches. One, the one of them that didn't win was what they what was traditionally called uh, the surfboard, the Chronograph A surfboard, because the two subdials for the Chronograph look like you know they're surrounded by a shape that looks like a surfboard, so that it got that nickname. Well, this year they have released a new version of that surfboard with an automatic movement. It's a Salida, so nothing, mm-hmm. nothing crazy. It's not like an in-house, new in-house movement or something. It's a, it's a Salida SW510, which I think is the same movement in my Carl Bashir, my Oris mm-hmm. Carl Bashir. Um, great looking watch, and just looks it looks fantastic. It looks very similar to the original. I think similar size, like thirty-seven or thirty-eight. I've seen so. some originals lately on Instagram. Well, and you see that a lot when a when a brand releases a reedition or an homage, you'll start to see the originals popping up because people want to get a hold of the originals. So they released it. It comes in this beautiful wooden box with surfboard on it and great presentation. Really cool looking watch. I saw it. I'm like, oh, I got to get this. And then I scrolled down and looked at the price. <laughs> oh, Bolivar, three grand. Mm. Bulva's not there. They are not in the... I just don't feel they're in the league where they can ask $3,000. Again, it's a limited edition. I don't remember how many they're making. Yeah, their tooling was probably expensive, too, but, if they've done something new. Yeah, and even the Devil Diver at 1400 that was a stretch for my for my mind when it came to the brand. And it didn't sell out. They ended up There ended up being quite a few out there that were discounted. I, I paid full price. I wanted to get it right away. But there did end up being... Uh, several, I think they're gone now, but there were several that were pretty heavily discounted because they couldn't, Bulova doesn't have the, the modern day name recognition to ask big bucks and three grand. I think they're really going to struggle with this. I just, I think these are going to, you're going to end up finding these for huge discounts. If you just hold tight, my, my guess is you'll probably find them for under two grand, you know, in, in six months to a year. I just don't see them selling out again i could be way off off base but it's bulova they don't have that kind of name recognition with well in, the in US, this modern day in the u.s they used they, they used, used to be the standard especially with our folks generation and yep. us as younger people so yeah so we'll just have to kind of i don't know i guess see how that goes but great looking watch way too expensive they also do three quartz versions of it different dial colors and bezel colors those are priced at 695 which is more in line with what you normally see list price for Bulova so you'll see you know a Bulova precisionist at 695 and then you go into you know go into Macy's before Christmas and you get three sales stacked up on top of each other and you pick it up for 280 bucks right and I think that's probably what you'll see you'll see the quartz versions in the department stores at heavily discounted prices of off of MSRP and those will be good. I think those will be good buys because it, it really is a neat looking watch. But I just can't. I, I can't. There's no way I could justify spending three thousand dollars on a a Bulova with a Salida movement in it. So, 
So that was my my other rant mm-hmm. of the day on on watch pricing kind of getting out of control. Should we read the the review? That's something we we wanted to do, right? Uh, where are we here? Well, so we in episode thirty, we didn't do it last episode, but in episode thirty, we we read a couple of reviews on iTunes, and we told folks that if we read your review on iTunes, we're going to send you some swag. Uh, last time we read one from Corey H four six six one six and Alter Ego Maniac. Those are both iTunes users. We haven't heard from you guys. If yeah, you want your swag, we didn't you got to email us at admin at Love and Watches. Send us your name and contact info, your your address, and we will send you out some some free stuff. It's free stuff. All you got to do is write a review. <laughs> yeah. And if it do, if it doesn't work out, then we you know we won't read reviews anymore. But we it's the reviews are great because whether they're positive or constructive, they're coming in and it's it's pretty good stuff. Yeah, well, and and when you guys, it helps us when you guys review us. The more reviews uh, a podcast has on iTunes, the more likely we are to come up in a search. If you go in and search for watch, you know, watches or watch podcast, the more reviews a podcast has, the higher up it is. So is that all the secrets of social media that we don't know how to do? It's one of the secrets. (laughs) We don't know how to work it. We're social media illiterate, but we don't know how to work um, it. Go in and write reviews, guys. We're willing to give you free stuff. And it doesn't have to be a, a glowing review. It can be, you know, if you need to be negative, be negative. That's fine. We, we are going to be reading some that are maybe not so... Well, I don't know if we really have any that are not so positive. But if we do get some not so I positive had, I reviews... I had one. Um, that was a DM, though. That wasn't, that, was a a, DM. that wasn't the iTunes. These are strictly the iTunes reviews. <laughs> but write the just go out and write a review tell us what you think about the podcast and and you might end up getting some swag so this week we are going to re, re, read read a review there we go read a review can you say that three times quickly uh it's from bb john j-o-n-d and bb john's review says highly recommend these two they are fun informative stay on point although i'm not always uh, and overall, an enjoyable podcast for watch lovers, new and old. Great on the drive to work. I like listening. It's like listening to old friends talk and about a hobby I love no less. That's nice. Great review. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. That's that's what we're trying to do. We're just a couple talking about watches. So Having fun with it. We do happen to be best friends too. So We are. Uh, so thank you for the review, BB John. Send us an email at admin at loveandwatches.com. And we will get you out some swag. I think that's excellent. Most of the general stuff. The the other stuff we were going to talk about is kind of what's happening in yeah. the watch industry, right? Yeah, I mean, it's probably okay to say that you and I have actually been quarantined together. Well, we've in the ma- house. we've made we, the choice we, to self quarantine. We, we chose to um, very low risk exposure from you from work. So you decided to be very safe with the support of your company, and I joined you since we live together. <laughs> yeah, and and really the you know with this virus, it's the folks that either elderly or folks that have like compromised immune systems like yours with your the treatments that you receive, and we just got to be really careful. You know, when your doctor says if you contract this, you're probably going to die. That kind of yes. encourages you to take extra mm-hmm. steps to not get exposed. Although there was a child diagnosed with it just here in town. So we have yeah. we have a, a, a bit of a cluster where we live. And now our county has moved past prevention. 
and into mitigation. So we're yeah. not getting reports and they're not they're not actually doing a trace on anybody anymore. So they said this is in the community and can be spread. So we're we're much we're at more risk more now risk, yeah. than we were 2 weeks ago, which is really scary because now I mean I've been home 2 weeks now what am I well I left once to get goose chow and then you know pet that, food. That's pretty much it. Yeah, and I mean we've st- so we stocked up on to- food early on, so do I have to hide for another six months because everyone's going to work and school in the market? That's it's some people are not taking it seriously at all. There are a lot of nonchalant attitudes and that. Yeah. I mean, if you look at what's happened in Italy and I I mean, it's, we don't want, obviously don't want that to happen here, but really our, our point here, and we could go on talking about this for hours, but the point here with this is how has it affected the hobby we all love? And it has definitely Mm -hmm. affected, right? I mean, we've, They've canceled Basil World and Watches and Wonders, the two pretty much biggest shows every year. Um, well, we we're scheduled and signed up to go to Couture in Las Vegas this year. And so far, that's that's still on. We haven't. It could end up getting canceled, but we are very likely not going. We just can't take the chance of being in groups like that where you know someone's standing next to you coughs and suddenly you're you're exposed. So and that's an international show. It, it bums me out because. Because Basil and Watches and Wonders are getting canceled, a lot of those brands are looking at trying to get into couture. So this could end up being like the biggest couture ever. Uh, it was great when we went. It was great, but that there could be some show. brands that would have been at Basil or Watches and Wonders that are now asking for space at couture. So mm-hmm. unfortunately, we're not, we're, we're, unless something drastically changes in the next two months, we won't be going to, to couture. But Obviously, this is having a big effect on the industry, right? Because these brands use the watch shows for their introductions to introduce their new novelties and and their new pieces. So not sure yet. I mean, a lot of them are just, you know, doing it online with press releases, right? Mm -hmm. Like Seiko and Seiko had a bunch of Grand Seiko releases and that was all through mostly press releases and stuff. I'm guessing that a lot of the brands will do their own like miniature shows at hotels and stuff. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that, but how Localized. many people are going to show? I don't know. I mean, you it's look too at, soon to tell with how it's spread through the community. The it virus. is, it's, it's pretty soon, but a lot of big events. I mean, the big moto GP, which is a big motorcycle event at the um, circuit of the Americas in Austin, Texas, that's been canceled. Um, the Formula One race in China has been canceled. The Formula One race in Bahrain is going to be television only, so no spectators, which will be interesting. But stuff starting to get canceled. So I think it's going to be, at least for the foreseeable future, it's going to be pretty hard to get people to live events, right, if, if this continues to grow and spread like it has. So I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to see, to see what happens. I mean, all, all you can do is... You know, read the very, there's hundreds of watch blogs out there that are reporting the news. We don't do it. it there's just too much saturation. It's I'm not already getting being into done. that. Yeah. It's, yeah. So it's we don't really do, you're not going to go to our website and find news on the watch <laughs> industry because there's too many others out there that are reporting on it and, and do a much better job than we do. So, you know, if you guys want to find out, you just got to keep reading and, and go from there's, there. There, there will be plenty of news reviews. Um, more needs for photography since people aren't seeing it in, in the metal. Mm-hmm. So you're going to, we're still going to get all the information. You can still shop. You can still have it sent to your home, Yep. but uh, demand and supply chain, of course, could be de- affected 
greatly depending on where the parts are coming from or the company is located. Didn't you say something about Rolex? Yesterday? Well, yeah. So the, I had read something about oh Rolex not, they basically stopped sending watches to China, whether this is true or not. That's what I read. They're, they are not sending watches to their ADs in China because the ADs are empty, right? They're, they're not selling. So does that mean that those watches are going to other places in the world? Maybe it'll change the that whole dynamic of not being able to get a stainless steel Rolex in the Unless United you're States Ellen right now. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Maybe it's going to change. Maybe it'll make things better for certain things like that. Maybe we'll see more stainless steel uh, Rolexes in U.S. dealers. I don't know. You know, um, depends on what's hot over in China. It's yeah. And I style. was talking to, to, I was chatting over text with my, my buddy over at, at Devon's jewelers, um, here locally in Roseville, who, by the way, are opening a new store and I'm so excited. They're going to have a big Rolex yes. section and tutor. Yes. Um, it's gonna be very exciting, but, um, anyway, they've just, I guess, recently had kind of a spurt of, they had quite a few Rolex watches. They sold them all obviously, but um, had some stainless sports models and, you know, I have no idea if that's a result of what's going on with the virus or I, I don't know. No well, idea. they've always said they never know what they're going to get. Mm-hmm. And that's true. Well, and that will continue to be true, but maybe they're getting more in than normal. I don't know. It would just have to see, but, uh, yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. He was like, yeah, we just had a recent spurt of had quite a few stainless sports models and, which ones did he say? Like Submariners and Explorers and stuff. Yeah. Mm. So who knows? Maybe that'll maybe that'll be an upward trend that we see, which would be cool for those that are shopping for, for Rolex watches. But uh and I don't think we haven't heard anything yet from from Rolex, so we don't know how they're gonna announce their their pieces this year. We just gotta kinda keep an eye on things. So guess all we can tell you guys is be safe, you know, do what makes sense. Yeah. D- go with your gut. And if you can work from home, I mean, everyone's got their opinion, but we have the technology to do it most in most I, situations. Yeah. I work for a company that sells the technology. Right. To do it, so, so of course not everybody can do that. And I've talked recently to some of our, our fans who are first responders and they're out there. People are still having, like he said, people are still having heart attacks and strokes and he's got to be yeah. out there and help people. So we're thinking our best thoughts for all of you guys who are healthcare. out helping people. If you guys yes. are healthcare workers, we're definitely sending Boy. you good thoughts because you're probably being exposed to it on a daily mm-hmm. basis. And um, But now yeah. it's community spread, so everyone's yeah. got to really think about themselves and, and being considerate of others. We had we had someone in the community who's um, who was known to be exposed and didn't follow quarantine. Mm-hmm. And was out shopping in our town, and now they had to shut down some entire city blocks. Yeah, like whole whole communities. Like a martial law. Yeah. So. Yeah, it is it is happening, and a lot of folks are saying it's an overreaction. But if you live in our world, where something could kill you if mm-hmm. you get it, it's not a, for us. It's not an overreaction, and we're just being real careful. Yeah, but so. as far as quarantines go, this hasn't been so bad. I mean, we we get along, and sometimes, you know. It, you got to take your time to yourself every once in a while. Cause after two weeks you're, you know, you don't want to get at each other's throats <laughs> and we've been pretty good. <clears throat> We're pretty me, lucky. We've got plenty of acres where we, we get do. away from we each other. We have physical so. space to get away and yeah. things to do to keep active. But I really feel bad for, you know, you and I have lived in, you know, small one bedroom places oh, yeah. that were like studios. And I can't imagine being trapped in a 
apartment building with one, you know, or if you have kids trying to keep them busy. So we'll all just have to kind of learn from it and look back on it, hopefully without any major and issues. Right now, it's only going to get worse. I mean, my company, That's we shut down our entire campus in the Bay Area, 30 plus buildings, huge campus um, in the San Jose area. Our San Francisco offices are shut down. Our, all of our offices in Washington State are shut down. Mandatory work from home. There's We're going to see more of this from more companies. So did you did you also say that some schools shut down as well? Because you were we've working had local on some school districts mm-hmm. shut down, and so my my customers now that have parents who work there now they're scrambling to make sure they've got you know work from home setups you know for those people because they're going to be at home taking care of their kids. So yeah, it's it's a domino effect, right? One falls and and the rest fall behind it. So. Uh, Anyway, it's going to be interesting to see, but it'll certainly have an effect on on our fun hobby that we all love. So we'll just have to keep an eye on that. Especially when you see some mail coming from, you know, directly from areas that are hot spots, and it's like, should I touch it? Do I need gloves? Yeah, well, yeah. we're we're all being told to wear gloves everywhere. Yeah, Gas they're telling. Well, and they've declared an emergency in our county, and they're telling us six stay six feet away from everybody mm-hmm. stay at home if you can use gloves to open the mail I mean, it's crazy right but it's again i don't to me it's not an overreaction and, and we're very careful and you know we're our, our amazon ordering is pretty much stopped because 90 percent of what you order on amazon comes from asia and from china where the break breakout is the biggest so yeah and it needs i think it lives nine days on a surface yeah so we're we're not ordering anything online i mean we've really pretty much shut down all of that so plus companies are gonna have trouble manufacturing right and a lot of the watch companies most of the watch companies have at least some components manufactured in china and a lot of those factories are starting to shut down because there's just no workers that are not sick so how about korea how are they i don't i don't know yeah i don't know that but just came out of the blue so that's that's something else in in our industry, right? Or or any industry that manufactures in China, whether it's watches or electronic devices, iPhones, anything, anything yeah. right? I mean, Apple's already said we're gonna st- we're gonna have difficulty delivering new new product. Um, and the company I work for, we have a lot of stuff manufactured in China, so we're trying to prep our customers. Hey, if you need it, order it now because we're gonna start seeing production delays. Yeah, lead probably. times. So, yeah, so it's gonna happen everywhere. Um, but what we care about is <clears throat> our awesome, fun watches that we talk about all the time. <laughs> it's, so. a, it's a good distraction. <laughs> so we we did things a little bit differently. We saved our wrist check until pretty much the end of the show. Uh, so. Did you want to mention um, the review, our winner review? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So we should, uh, we should talk about that. Before. So yeah, in December, you guys, most of you know, we had biggest giveaway we've ever had. We gave away a Swiss watch company uh, diver. That's the the model. Um, and that went to our friend on Instagram, the Brulu, and he actually wrote a reader review for us on the watch after having it for a couple months. And that just posted on the website today. So definitely go check it out. You'll probably, if you follow us on Instagram, you'll see the post, but, uh, he did a great job. If you want to read about, you know, just someone who got one of these watches and doesn't normally write reviews and just given his thoughts on it, definitely go check it out. I think he did a great job. He did a really, really good job. Provided us some really nice photos. And so that was fun to, to put up on the website uh, since we don't, we don't do a ton of reviews, but that's something we'll try to do anytime we do a giveaway is to have the, the winner uh, give us a reader review. So definitely check that out. So thank you for reminding me. Sure. Uh, why don't we, you want to do your, why don't we jump into the wrist yeah. checks? Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, or you want me to, you want me to go first? You wanted to go first. You go, you go first. I'll go go first. first. Thank you. So this year, um, we were a little busy on Valentine's day at the racetrack and you know, all things racing. I'm hanging my head right now, guys. Your brain doesn't multitask when it comes to racing, but it's like your happiest place on earth. So you're happy and I'm happy. I I have the best wife in the world. I dragged her to the racetrack on Valentine's day. That was for driver's school this year. I, I really didn't even see you. No, because I'm running I around like crazy to meetings and we track slept. sessions. Yeah. <laughs> so I not only did I drag her to the track, I failed to buy my wife a Valentine's Day gift. I'm really lucky I was well, even I, allowed back in the house, to be honest. I wasn't expecting anything extravagant. But it you, was the you, thought that counted. You really went, you know, you did something really nice for me. And that made I me did. feel even worse, which you guys will hear about in a minute. But sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But I just That's wanted to right. put it out there that I, I am a heel. I was a bad husband. <laughs> Um, I did try to make up for it, though. You did. And when did this, uh, when did my gift come in the mail? Was like it the week, week after week or we two got ago? back? Maybe a couple yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, so it's a belated gift, and I've already posted it online, and it's the the Q Timex retro reissue, and this is the third in the series, I believe. It's called the Falcon Eye. Yeah, Falcon Eye, and I love it. I when I saw, When I opened the box and I saw a Timex box, at first, I thought it would have been the Marlin automatic, the same, the one that's the same size oh, okay. as my Snoopy, mm-hmm. but in the all yellow gold with the mm-hmm. yellow gold mesh band, because I think that is such a fantastic piece that, yeah. um, and I love yellow gold. I don't have a whole lot of yellow gold, but um, <laughs> I was I was kind of expecting to see that when I opened the lid because I'd mentioned it, but I opened the lid and it's the it's the Falcon Eye and I just love it. It it's so unique and so cool in so many different ways and i've talked a little bit about it online but it's got a yellow gold bezel and it really gives me this rolex bluesy feel totally it's a two-tone bluesy basically we don't own the bluesy anymore and i miss it but it was we've we've explained in prior podcasts why we sold it but i've been missing it a little but this is really a, a great replacement for me because it has all those colors it's got the yellow gold and the blue dial, and I'll, let me tell you, this blue dial is really unique. It's got a wavy pattern in it that moves and oscillates in the sun. So it's a very mm-hmm. vivid blue. Um, it is a price performer, under mm-hmm. 200 Big time. And let me see here. 38 millimeter case, so the ladies can wear it. You've worn it. You have a really large wrist. You you can wear giant watches. Yeah, I have and average wrist. This looks fine. Um water resistant it's stainless steel the case height is 12 millimeters so it's not it's pretty thin you know it's a quartz so it's 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 nice and thin uh it's got a really nice angled uh angular case um what would you call that almost a not a turtle but um kind of like a samurai or an angled uh, cushion case kind of maybe i don't know it's It's, squared off it's like the others it almost looks like it could have an integrated bracelet Right, because it doesn't have any lugs. It's a lugless design. It's actually is, got the cool. same lugs as my little, you know, my uh, 80s retro Timex Digitals, yeah. the Indiglo, very similar. Yeah. My only complaint is the bracelet is too long. I, it, and it's yeah, got a graduated width. So as it approaches the case, the band gets wider. So the slider doesn't go far enough. So I can't get it tight enough to comfortably fit. Yeah. It's as As I wear it, though, you know, you're... 
it, your, the watch gets warm. It's, it's a little more bracelet, bracelet loose type. I thing have to wear you. it floppy, but um, sometimes if I'm, you know, my skin gets moist, it'll stick a little, which helps. But I'm considering pulling one of the bracelets off my Timex Indiglo to see if it would work, but it's not the same yeah. pattern. This has a basket weave, five rows of a Jubilee on the center, and it's really it's a great it's looking beautiful. bracelet. And it's very it's comfortable. Beautiful. I wore it, and I, obviously I can size it well. Uh -huh. But all they needed to do was decrease the length of the top. Uh, the Literally top like five millimeters. Leave the tail the way it is and just decrease the top length, and it would have been fine. So hopefully they'll take that to heart. Um, I know there's a lot of a lot of you guys out there that have smaller wrists that have complained. You know, owners of this watch have complained about exactly that same mm -hmm. thing. So hopefully Timex is looking at that and will uh, make some adjustments to their upcoming yeah. future releases. Yeah, because the actual buckle is on the side, front side of my wrist. Yeah, exactly. It needs to be underneath it's your wrist. It's not underneath my it's wrist. Not, yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, that's the, that's the one negative. And, you know, yet again, we're talking about that same thing is, is watches that are not, the case is sized appropriately for a smaller wrist, but then they don't size the bracelet appropriately. So it's, mm -hmm a lack of attention to detail and that's that's a bit unfortunate but other than that a, a great looking watch i enjoyed wearing it yeah it's got a day date easy to read um and my vision's not so great and the funny thing is, is when we were looking at it the other day the second hand didn't line up on its on the indices but for some reason it is now is it really <laughs> okay <laughs> is that is that possible i don't know <laughs> Look, uh, i here, suppose i'll hand it to you yeah, because that was one of that's one of my pet peeves with quartz watches when they don't when the click does not line up with the with the indice. Uh, no, it's still off. Is it? It's still a okay. little bit off. Well, it my looks vision like, is that bad. So I bought two of these. The second one's still in the box. I don't know why I bought two. They, they were affordable, and I because bought because that's how you roll. Yeah, that's how <laughs> I roll. Apparently, so that one was off too, but it was more accurate. This one is now looking more like that second one where it's it's almost, almost lined up with the indices so why it would change i have no i have no clue maybe the that means the movement's up. not accurate so yeah. i but you know what that's okay it was 170 bucks i think it's a great watch, a great like watch. you it's got it from long island piece. right long yeah island i got it from market yeah. long island the crown is gold it's a it's really nice i it goes with everything it, it, it's a really fun, fun piece. And it's got some loom. So if you, you know, I haven't, I haven't tried it. Um, it doesn't last quite as long as things like a Seiko or like my Trasca, my Hampton, um, Rolex. Those all have the loom that lasts all night. Mm -hmm. uh, Swiss watch companies last all night. But. Yeah. And yeah, it was perfect for great. you because. It is. You're, you're not a big Pepsi bezel fan. So the, the no. initial one didn't really do much for you. Um, but you're a huge two-tone fan. Now, there's another one also called the M39. I think it's the M39. Oh, the fourth in the series? Which is the more of like the Batman. It's got a black and blue bezel. Mm -hmm. It's got an automatic Miyota movement in it. But every, almost every review I read on the Timex website, people had two complaints. Uh, the first was that the bezel was so loose it felt like it was going to fall off the watch. Bad, bad quality control. The second was that after just a few hours, the, the movement would be off by like 30 seconds. So they failed to regulate the Miotas are, are good movements. There's no reason they should be off by 30 seconds within a few hours. So they also failed to regulate the movements. Hopefully they will be fixing those issues for the customers. Cause it was neat to see 
it was neat to see one with the automatic movement, right? A lot of mm-hmm. people with the first Q Timex, the Pepsi bezel, people were like, hey, why not put an automatic movement in it? People wanted the automatic. That was the one drawback. And so now they've done it with the Batman style bezel, but it sounds like they had some really serious QC mm. issues with it, unfortunately. Well, that would so. make it a lot thicker of a case too. So I know a lot of, there's a lot of ladies who like the Q series and it can be a larger case and being a quartz, it's not the thinnest quartz I've ever seen, but it's actually, it's pretty thin. It's uh, if it were And the lugs don't hang over the edge of your nope, wrist. They so do not. They do not. And that's one of my kind of one of my pet peeves is when the lugs are precariously hanging over the edge of your. I of know. Your I, wrist. Don't, I don't. I don't. I don't want to be. I mean, I love a large watch, and I know a lot yeah. of women like to wear the men's watches, but I personally don't want to look like I got my daddy's watch out of his box yeah, when I was a little girl, kind of and like that. and it's kind of falling off. But um, but some some folks with smaller wrists don't have right, they don't, don't have, a, have choice. a choice, and that was again a big reason we started the podcast. Right, make the watches smaller for everyone's wrists, so whether they're male or female. Um, but I do love it and I thank yeah. you for it. It was very sweet. It was very really sweet. late and I'm I'm lucky that she accepted my apology <laughs> and took the, the late Valentine's Day gift. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but the nice thing is is you can wear it too. I can it's and I really have. It's really easy to adjust. I, I have. You've worn it. It looks it, you great. Just, you just pop it and slide it and you size it for yourself. So, so you didn't buy it for yourself then? No, but I bought the second one thinking we could wear them maybe together, but I don't, I think we'll probably, I'll, I'll probably end up selling the second one. There's no reason to keep two, but yeah. we'll see. Keep it for a while. Uh, which brings us to our next topic, which, which uh, brings us to my wrist check, which again, just piled the guilt on for, for missing Valentine's day. Um, so this, you gave this to me on, was it on Valentine's day or was it, no, it was before we left for the track. Yeah, it was before we left for the track, I think. No, it was after. You gave me the box. It arrived on Valentine's Day. When we were gone, that's right. So um, you guys have heard us talk about Mr. Jones watches. We own several Mr. Jones watches. Uh, We love them. They're a lot of fun. They're art pieces. So their dials are super, super unique. You know, the the one I bought originally was the, what is it called? The Last Laugh XL, Mm -hmm. kind of with the... Tattoo. The tattoo, tattoo, yeah. So that has kind of the what is it called? The Mori or oh, it's that Spanish style or no? It's uh, well, it's Day of the Dead. Thank you, but Day of the it's Dead. also um, the getting you know, old sucks. Mori, um, you know the the skull theme of recognizing like the your mortality, skulls, the sugar skulls and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, they use uh, either have quartz movements or. Uh, most of them, will, the automatics will have the, the seagull, which is a Chinese-made uh, automatic movement. But the cool thing about them is they are the way they display the time. And they, you know, the ones that we have have a jumping hour window somewhere on the dial. And then the minutes are like a unique way of displaying the time. So you you gave me this. I opened it up. It was so cool. It's their... I think that was the last one they the had. It's the king. And I think you literally... They had already pulled it off the website or something, but you made a call and they had one left or something. So it, you actually, it, was, it, I caused them to sell out, I believe. Yeah. I think, I think you I got literally the got one. the last one. They had like one or two left, but it, it's a big watch. I think 44 millimeter. Um, yeah, it is called the, the XL. XL. They, have, they have a smaller version of it. Um, and I think the current one offered is an all black case. I think it's called the Ace of Spades or the King of Spades. King of Spades. I That's think. their new one. That's a brand new That's one. That's the new yeah. one. The, that one also comes in the smaller king and queen, mm-hmm. the unisex size. Got it. So 
it looks, you know, the, the dial is basically a king off of a playing card. And then right in the center or just below his face, there's a heart-shaped cutout. And that's where you get your jumping hour. So that's where the hour is displayed. And then up at 10 o'clock, you see playing cards. And playing cards represent your minutes. So let's see, right now, it's, okay, my, my hour is 12. And then the playing cards that are displayed are ace five, which means it's 50 minutes after 12 or 10 minutes to one. So I think at 10 after they show a 10 with a, um, the backside of a second card. And then it's, then you would see, um, ace two, then three tens, ace four, ace five, and then a single ace to mark the hour. And there's a shadow of two cards behind it. So if you don't see any of the shadow, then it's exactly that time. So right now I don't see any of the shadow behind the ace and the five. So it is mm -hmm. 1250. Yep. As it starts to move clockwise around the dial, you see more of the shadow and you can start to kind of, you know, after a day, I was pretty darn close. Like I'd look at it and go, okay, it's 1253. And I'd look at my iPhone and it was 1253. Uh -huh. So you can yeah, really... It took a little getting used to, huh? takes a little getting used to, but it's so much fun. It's such a novelty. It's a beautiful... Be beautiful uh stainless steel case polished stainless steel case uh really they're mr jones really does uh the bands nicely uh really nice black leather band says mr jones watches on the back it's they got just, white stitching huh with white stitching yeah so we'll, we'll you guys will see a photo um if you go to the show notes on the website you'll see a photo of it and we'll i'm going to start posting on instagram the fun thing was when you bought this for me <laughs> you bought the queen a <laughs> uh, smaller version, which is the same thing, but with a queen on it. It tells uh -huh. time in the same way. With ulterior the motive. Hour. So maybe a little bit of an <laughs> ulterior motive, but it was really, it's fun to have the two matching yeah. like we have with the skull watches, right? So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so this one was a big surprise. I mean, totally surprised me. Not something I had looked at, but really, really fun. This will now be my poker watch. When I go to Tahoe That's with the I guys, thought. this That's is the I poker thought. watch now for they sure. They are really fun. Can you... I, can you describe that case for me, for the listeners? Because when you look at it from the side, the bezel goes straight up. It's it's a very tall bezel. It's beautiful. Tall, round, slab-sided mm -hmm. bezel, straight up and down. It's about half of the width of the case itself, if you take into account the case back. So the bezel is probably half the height of the case itself. So it really stands proud, for sure. Yeah, and then the bottom of the case is angled, so it's almost like it's got a really large second bezel Yep. Yep. It, it just, it's bold. Yeah. The, the top edge of the case is slightly angled, beveled down. So just reflects the night light. And, you know, this is one of the few watches that I've worn where people actually say, Whoa, what is that? You know, really? <laughs> yeah. You get some comments on it. So, uh, very, very fun watch. You nailed it for Valentine's day. <laughs> I failed it for Valentine's Aww. day, but uh, yeah, you did fun, okay. fun stuff. So anniversary's coming up. Yeah. That'll be fun too. Should I talk a little bit about the queen? Yeah, go for it. So part of this was also to kind of serve myself and I ordered the queen and this is still for sale and she's got a red, um, she's the queen of hearts, but she has more of a red theme. Whereas the king has the black theme Yep. and it's the same. She's well, she's holding a flower and then the heart shows the hour and the cards are 10 10 minute increments the same. So I believe this is called the unisex size. Is it like so, 37 or is it 40? No, I'm 
trying to get to it. It has much taller, more pronounced lugs. There's more space between the case edge and the and the bracelet. Yeah, it's the style that they have where there is room. So um, you, if you put a NATO strap in there, it's going to hide that negative space. Yeah, But it will. it's a prong style. So it's 37 millimeters as the case size, which yeah. I think is a really nice... It's a really nice size. It's it's on the larger Here, size for ladies, but um, it's a per- I think it's a perfect size. I mean, truly, I mean, that, this size even works for for me. Yeah, so Rantracia's putting it on right, right now. Well, you you're a pretty big guy. You're tall and lanky, so it does look a little it's smaller, a little but small. it would work, especially with a black leather band. It would really look nice. And your minute, your playing cards are over at two thirty as opposed to to ten o'clock, where where I mm-hmm. read the minutes. So a little bit two different. o'clock. Two o'clock. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, two or two thirty. Yeah, two o'clock. I guess. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So fun, fun watches. If you guys just want something that's really cool, that's a conversation piece that tells time very differently. It's fun to have a jumping hour watch. Mm-hmm. They're affordable. Definitely check out Mr. Jones watches. One of our one of our favorite brands. Which is funny for me because I'm not an artsy artsy guy. Yeah. Right? Well, maybe you are, and you just didn't know it. Yeah. No. I think. Uh, well, maybe I am a little bit. These are, these are, these are fun. And I do like, you know, my favorite, probably one of my favorite watches right now is one that you do not like. Um, It's not that I don't like it. Don't say that. (laughs) Well, you think it's, it's really, I don't know, childish or immature Mm. or what's the word? I mean. I I can't think of a word. So it's the the Constantin Chaken Joker watch and he's made like pumpkin versions Mm -hmm. and clown versions. I like the original Joker they're cute. Love, love, love that watch. They're cute. So maybe but I, I am yeah. artsy. Who knows? I just have a tough time with that kind of a price point it's a big for budget. something that you call cute. Yeah, I think right? it's like $13,000 there for the titanium. I think the original oh, one was, was stainless. No, it's thirteen grand that, oh. that I'm seeing them for. Well, it's still a ton. I know. That's more than we've I know, ever but spent it's on. It's not a hundred. Oh, of course. No, no, it's not a hundred thousand. And it it's got a modified Eta movement, so it's not. It's not a an in house, but they he spent because it's got a moon phase. It spent he spent a lot of time on modifying it, right, with mm-hmm. a module and stuff. But uh, anyway, maybe I am a little artsy because that is right up there at the top with wanting a Rolex Daytona, which is another one of my favorites. But the the Constantine Chaken Joker is so cool. I have to say, it's growing on me. Is it? It is, and especially, I think what did it was the band that he designed that has the necktie on it. Mm-hmm. below the face mm-hmm. you haven't seen it yeah i've seen it oh okay yeah. you gave me the and look. it's got the bezel <laughs> with the the you know the hearts and the spades and stuff around it which is cool i just it's just a neat it's just a cool watch i i love it and actually machak our local red bar sack leader who was our first guest on our show that's also one of his favorites <laughs> so and it's super colorful it's not like my normal style i'm a pretty kind of under the radar guy and it's bright purple and green and yeah it's definitely artsy but i i, I love the technical piece of it i like the look and i like the technical mm-hmm. side of it i do like the depths that it has with all the different layers the altitudes i guess you could call it mm-hmm. and it does look like the the build quality is extremely fine yes yeah so, oh but- and the other the other watch I love that a lot of people just can't stand is the Bell and Ross, the Laughing Skull, the BRO one. We actually saw that love at that Couture. Thing. 
Yeah, and you, and when you manually wind it, the man the, the jaw mm-hmm. goes up and down, and it's this big honking square thing. And there's a bunch of different versions now. Yeah. I love that thing. It, it was a really impressive watch. And I, I lately I saw someone say this is the ugliest thing I've ever seen. I'm like, you know, everyone's not everybody likes everything. I get it. Oh, I know, and I but think I'm was, in the it minority. Was, it with was that unique. One. Yeah, it's it very clever. unique. It's huge. Uh, but I, I also love skulls. Anything mm-hmm. with a skull on it, I'm I'm a big fan of. So maybe that's why I like it. But <laughs> so yeah, maybe I do have a hidden artsy side. I don't know. Yeah. So back to the queen. Back to the queen. <laughs> I'm the queen. Remember, you're the you're queen. The, queen. <laughs> the um, especially if, you know if we we like to play cards occasionally, mm-hmm. a little gin rummy, and these would be great gifts. Oh yeah, for sure. And yeah. and it actually says that it's waterproof, five ATM. So. Um, I'm not aware that all their automatic jumping hour watches are somewhat water waterproof. So that's good to know with, you know, everyone's washing their hands a lot right now. Yep. Yep, you know, good sure. waterproof watches is what we need. Yep. yep. So, all right. Should we wrap this show? Yeah. Are we good? Oh man, we're, we're at an hour punchy. and 15 minutes. So yeah, we should probably close it up. Um, I've got some hungry livestock that need attention yeah you gotta let all the birds out the crazy birds um so let, let's wrap it uh just some some normal kind of housekeeping items check out the swag we've got a swag store on teespring if you just go in and search for love and watches you'll find it go to our website it's in the right hand column click and you'll get in there's t-shirts and mugs and stickers and iphone cases and i think we have like a to- like a beach towel i don't know there's a bunch of stuff in there so some random if you feel like walking around with a, a, you know, brand of something that no one else knows, knows so. about, then go buy some of our swag. <laughs> uh, let's see what else. Bring get those iTunes reviews in. I've already said it. We're going to be sending out free swag uh, if you if we read your iTunes review on the air. So just take if you're listening to this on iTunes right now. As soon as we're done, just go in and give us a star rating and just write a couple just a few words what you think about the podcast and uh, it'll help us and you get some free stuff what else keep tagging us on instagram use the hashtag that's we're getting i think we're, we're up actually, over seven thousand or something we have a which lot is cool for us so we that's fun when we started this we were not intending for it to go this far so it's as a hobby and something fun it's kind of fun to see that and like my personal account, I've got almost 2,700 Which in followers, Instagram which world these days nothing. is nothing, but it's, and, it, it's fun, but I, I But I've been honest and I haven't, you know, I go in and when I can't sleep and I, I look through other people's uh, feed and if I, I, I like to look at all the different watches. I, I find great things and I follow them. And yeah, we'll follow you so back. So it's, mm-hmm. um oh yeah, so this is all organic growth and... I see some pretty unethical stuff on in oh, Instagram sometimes. There's tons, of, there's tons where, of cooking of social media these days. It's like, wait a minute how how do you how do you jump by ten or thirty thousand in one week? I mean, does yeah, that does that really it, happen? No, not unless you're buying followers okay, or whatever. So, it's, but there's that ship has sailed, and we're and we're just not we don't do that kind of stuff. But my point is, keep tagging us. I might get back to the regrams. I it just I just ended up not having the time on. for it and. Yeah. And uh, had not logged into Instagram for several weeks, but I'm getting back in and make sure to tag us. Uh, might be some fun stuff coming there and show ideas. You guys want to hear about a topic? Send it in. You know, some of our shows have been based on stuff that mm-hmm. you guys send in. So make sure to to send those topics in. I have pages and pages of show ideas, so we're set. But um, 
why not talk about something that someone wants to hear about yeah. more, more specifically? Yep. Definitely send so. them in. Um, also in the future, we do plan on doing another Q and a episode. We had a lot of fun with the Q and a episodes that we did early on in the podcast. Now that we've got more folks listening, uh, we want to do another one. So if you have questions for us, uh, whether they're questions about what watch should I buy or questions about how we collect or why we do certain things, you know, buy certain types of watches, uh, send those questions in. we're going to start collecting them. And, and when we've got what we feel is enough, we'll, we'll uh, do another Q and a episode. So, yeah. And I get, I get quite a few DMS asking those kind of questions. Like, um, I'm this age and what would you suggest for my first, uh, watch in this price point or similar things like that? Yep. Um, yep. I've had a, I've had a lot of people, several people just in the last couple of weeks, uh, wondering where we are and if they want us to record <laughs> we're more <still> podcasts. Here. <laughs> we're here, but like we said, we, you know, you're, you've got a full-time job and you're not going to get two podcasts it's, it's, out of, um, a week out of us guys. Um, Sorry. You're just not, not even, you're not even going to get them once a week. It's just not going to well, happen. We'd love to, but it is a no, hobby it's not gonna happen. and think we've got a lot going on. So it's, it's not a full, a first we, we are job for us. We've said this many times where this is not a money-making venture for us. We do it because we enjoy it be nice to get to a point where we're at least breaking even and can pay for the podcast, which is why we're doing the swag and some other stuff. But, but that's yeah, not a big issue. We're that's just doing a, it for fun. Yeah. So we, you know, when we, we get around to recording, we record. And part, part of our model is that we do provide mostly our original content and we don't, we don't want to, we, we don't really do news because everyone already, already does it. And I, yeah, we don't want to yeah. repeat what other, um, what you're going to see, somewhere else or or replay you're not going to see the same stuff on our website that you see everywhere else it's just not that's not a priority for us there's too many other blogs out there that have been around for a long time and they do it well they do it well there's no reason for us to just be yet another blog or podcast doing the exact same thing reporting on the exact same news it's just not you know it's just not our what we're doing. We're we're just doing a podcast and having fun. So I know that some of you have said, "Why don't we see more reviews on the website and news articles?" And there's plenty of places to go for that stuff. But we do. But we do. Some things will hit us, you know. Every it'll once tickle in a while. my funny bone, and then we'll talk about it if it's appropriate to us. But but for us, it's more about being a couple, um, seeing all sides of gender. Yes. When it comes and budget, um, yes. we're not, we're not a budget only, uh, low budget, you know, lower end. We're everything. We're, we do a little bit of everything cause we do have some higher end luxury pieces, but, um, we kind of just want to represent everybody. Yep. Oh, and along those lines, if you are a female collector and you have all kinds of different watches and don't have a huge collection of Patek Philippe's, let us know. We, we'd like to, to call, call those collectors out. I think. Mm-hmm. That's our, that's our sweet spot. We know you guys are out there. So um, if you are a normal, everyday human being and you happen <laughs> to be female and a watch lover and collecting watches of all shapes and sizes and prices, um, let us know. You know, tell us, send us your story. Just send us a, an email at admin at love and watches. You can DM us on Instagram. You know, tell us what your story is. And, and maybe if we, we get enough of that, we'll, we'll do a podcast or a show on it. Uh, or maybe even heaven forbid, write an article right. about it and put it well, on the website. And collecting is a, is a, we've, we've talked about the term and what it means. Collecting to some people means having 
Well, I I think last episode I, my count was over eighty watches, <laughs> yeah, we, which we had a lot of. Watches. I just I just don't go out and buy willy nilly though. Which some people say that well, if you're just going out and buying and spending money just to collect pieces, then then you're not th- a collector. Then or it, well, then that there's not thought into it and it's right. not meaningful. That is totally one hundred percent false. Yep. Um, some of the watches I get were are you know from the swap meet. Mm-hmm. They're three dollars. Yeah. I, I wouldn't call that wasting money, and they're working vintage pieces so one of my things is i love vintage pieces as well so whether your collection is five watches or 10 watches that's great i mean if your budget if you can't or afford 50 watches yeah if you matter. can't afford 50 watches that's fine if you can't afford fine five that's fine some people flip some people yep. wear one for a few months or a year and then they sell it so i'm just seeing i'm seeing a lot lately out there about criticizing yeah. people who collect and i yeah. i we don't want to get in the business okay I'm criticizing the people that are criticizing, correct? Mm. But <laughs> my point is that if you like it, buy it. I've always said it, love what you buy, you know? And Yeah. It, our point is if if you're passionate about watches and you buy watches, you're a collector in our mm-hmm. eyes. I don't, I don't care if there's no theme to it. I don't care if you have two watches or 50 watches or 100 watches. I don't care what the prices are. If you're passionate about watches... You talk about watches. If you're listening to a watch podcast, you are a watch collector. <laughs> Period. End of story. I mean, that's. I mean, this is a very small pond, folks. Right? There's some big fish in this very small pond. We are not big fish, but watch collecting is a very, very small subset of the human race. Mm-hmm. So, if you're passionate about a wristwatch, then you are a collector in our eyes. Period. And it's and it's like other hobbies, like with like horseback riding. You can you can live your whole life and you'll always learn something new. Every time I look on Instagram, I see something interesting in someone else's collection. Yep, something older or something new, and it's 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 fascinating. I think that's why we all like it. Totally. I think on that note, we can end this show. What do you think? All right, I think we're good. Awesome, uh, ladies and gentlemen of the jury of the watch jury. Thank you so much for. For listening, uh, we love all you guys. We appreciate you take the time to listen to us babble on about something that we love and that you guys all love. Uh, this is episode 32 of the Love and Watches podcast. We will see you guys back for episode 33. And this is Perpetual Girl. Thank you for listening. And you guys have a great one. Bye, all. Bye.